Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. We want to take a moment to share some really cool news. We've been selected as one of the top 10 Houston Dynamo podcasts by Feedspot. It is an absolutely incredible honor, so make sure to check out the full list over at https colon backslash backslash blog.feedspot.com backslash Houston underscore Dynamo underscore podcasts. Thanks again, Feedspot, and thank you guys for listening and tuning in. Now, here's your show. Thanks for listening to the audio-only podcast edition of our show. We air live over on Twitch via our Twitch channel every Wednesday, life and work permitting, starting at 7 p.m. Central. If you like what you've heard here so far, follow our Twitch channel at twitch.tv backslash genorange. And while you're over there, why not do us a huge favor and go ahead and drop a sub? If you do catch us during the live show, let us know in the Twitch chat. We love you guys and look forward to chatting with you guys next Wednesday. Now, back to the show. You know, guys, we are very fortunate to have many good friends in the soccer community. But the one we are most grateful for is Jen Cooper, a.k.a. Keeper Notes. Jen is an absolute goldmine of wisdom, experience, and advice. And Mix Zone, that's Mix Zone with two X's, is one of the best women's soccer podcasts running today. Check the podcast out at https colon backslash backslash bgn.fm backslash category backslash podcasts backslash the hyphen mixed with two x's hyphen zone or just check out the keeper notes twitter at keeper notes hey thanks for listening enjoy the show Maybe I don't have the stream pulled up, so I can't say for sure. But I get the feeling we are live. This is Generation Orange. I am your host of the week, uh, Sean Ringrose. Most of you know me by now. I am joined uh, wonderfully by a couple of uh, special guests uh, that'll be co-hosting with me today. Uh, first, I'm going to introduce someone that uh, people maybe in the show aren't familiar with. Uh, Dynamo Insider, would you like to introduce yourself? You'll need to unmute, sir. Okay. Um, my name is Brandon Castro. Um, I'm from Erie Sports Network, but I'm not a Dynamo Insider. Um, so yeah, I'm here today along with Shane and Bess, and let's get the show started, Chell. Absolutely. And uh, also joining us tonight is going to be Andres. Uh, Andres, you want to introduce yourself? A lot of our people will uh, definitely be uh, acqu- acquainted with uh, with who you are. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Andres, uh, some of y'all may know me, but um, I, I do the Foxtrot, uh, mostly on social media, uh, but I also do a, a interesting podcast called Noodle Time. Interesting. That's a good word for it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that way when I talk about Generation Orange too. Yeah. It's an interesting and, vidcast, man. Interesting. Yeah. And with Tony, uh, which uh, unfortunately we, we weren't able to do the episode this week, so I want to go ahead and hop on to, the, uh, to, the, to this week's show to make things much better. 
Absolutely. Well, appreciate both you guys joining me this week. Uh, obviously, the uh, the big things going on right now are, let's be fair, it's all Dynamo, right? Like that's the, it's kind of the big focus right now. Uh, with that said, obviously there is some uh, national attention, international attention being given to not just the Dash, but the NWSL uh, women's soccer kind of everything that's going on with that. If you're not aware of that, I definitely recommend you uh, do some reading on the Athletic. There's plenty of articles out there right now, but. Uh, if that doesn't make you go, oh man, I don't know what will. Uh, I really don't want to dive into it tonight on this uh, episode in particular, but I definitely wanted to call it out. Uh, he doesn't have a camera. You live. Chill, Mark. Chill. Uh, I'm just glad he's able to join us. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, uh, just I wanted to make sure that we got a chance to, you know, we being myself and Mark and, and Generation Orange in general, again, my views do not necessarily reflect the views of uh andres or uh insider here um but uh <laughs> you right i dress up for others i don't dress up for mark you beer slinging these guys come in they, they ready man let's go uh they were here early by the way i just want you to know that mark they were here early uh i'm sure Nestor appreciated that too but uh getting back to this uh the nwsl stuff i wanted to make sure we had a chance to voice our support for the players in the nwsl the players in women's soccer uh, those of that have been affected, those that have you know that were not directly impacted but have been affected, and uh, those that haven't even been impacted because they haven't had a chance to be, uh, just know we support you. Uh, we are here to uh, stand uh, side by side with you, uh, and we will continue to support you through this, uh, however we can, uh, whether that's just sharing on social media, uh, whatever we can, or just voicing our opinions and our support. Uh, we will continue to do so, however we can. Uh... <laughs> oh dang, Harry. Uh, moving on from that though, uh, like I said, not going to touch on that for too long. Uh, but, uh, dynamo, obviously, like I said, that's kind of, we're going to be heavy on the dynamo tonight, uh, with, uh, two very well-versed, uh, fans of the dynamo, uh, and then myself, uh, I think it's only fair that we talk dynamo. We maybe get into the nitty gritty, uh, you know, discuss, obviously there's a currently an open GM position, uh, and that seems like something worth discussing. And then of course, there's been a handful of matches the last couple of months, uh, and, uh, I think it's probably good to talk about maybe who the standout players have been, uh, maybe players who, you know, there's like 17 players that are coming up for a contract, uh, contracts are ending in the off season. Uh, it might be good to discuss who we think should maybe not stick around, uh, at the end of the season. I've got a few names on that list. Uh, and then, uh, you know, maybe we'll talk GM a little bit, uh, talk some rumors, talk some top candidates and, uh, hit on some expectations of ours. Uh, and who knows what you might find out on this show. I'm highly recommending you are tuned in right now. Definitely make sure you stay tuned in. Don't drop off early. You're going to regret it. Uh, with that said, uh, guys, any opening thoughts, Andres or Insider? I'll open it up to both of you first before we really start diving in. Yeah, I can start first. That's okay. But but yeah, um, going back to uh, the NWSL, uh, obviously I had like a lot of thoughts on it, but I, I, I don't want to... Uh, pretty much like make this like a three-hour podcast um, yeah exactly but, but yeah it's a podcast but, like, I, itself trust but me yeah but yeah, but yeah i just want to let the players know that we understand like all the everything they have to go through especially every season um and like with this you're servicing last week and the fact that they had to uh suspend uh uh match week and and you, essentially just to schedule uh, uh which is rightfully so honestly uh the fact that um the players have to be listened, and the players have to be taken care of, and those responsible have to be uh, count, um, essentially uh, apprehended and 
and just um, put in the um, essentially uh, exposed uh, for what they have done put to the players because um, what they done was um, inexcusable and, and like I could I couldn't stop thinking about the players honestly like it's hard for me to um, understand uh, what they go through and on, on top and like even going back to the, like 2015 like honestly it has to be pretty tough but um, but yeah, um, we, I just want to um, highlight that really, and it, it's tough for me to not uh, expand on that. But I, I understand for sure. Yeah, uh, I'll be honest. I, that was one of the reasons I didn't want to touch on it this week in particular. Yeah. Maybe we'll get you back on Anders to talk about it another week later on. But uh, for sure, it, it's definitely deserving of its own episode at the very least, which was why I didn't want to. As you noted, three hours would be a bit heavy tonight, but uh, yeah. hour and a half, you know, uh, wanted to at least make sure we addressed it and at least talked about it, not talked about it, but at least addressed it uh, and voiced our support where we could. Uh, but yeah, it's, you know, again, if you if you don't know about it, make sure you take the time to read up on The Athletic and uh, there's plenty of other places on social media that have uh, shared out articles or uh, have written their own threads on it. Um, and, you know, clearly it's, it's a time right now, I think, in, in our society where these things are starting to come to light, where victims uh, of these types of uh, these types of situations are more, they're more, they're in better positions where they can come forward. Uh, and um, that, you know, again, it starts, it starts with one person, you know, t- standing out and stepping out. Uh, and then, you know, we see the impact of that now. Uh, and clearly we've seen it over the last, you know, however long, but especially now with, uh, NWSL players and women's soccer players the world over. Uh, there was an article that came out in the Australia, uh, one of the Australian uh, soccer uh, sports journals or whatever uh, from uh, Devana, uh, who uh, used to play in the NWSL. And uh, boy, those were some heavy accusations as well uh, that, that weren't coach specific, but were player specific. And it was very, a very interesting read, a very long read, but a very interesting read. Um, but uh, anyways, let's uh, let's move on from that. Great way to start the show. Uh, let's move on from that. Uh, again, not, you know, eh, uh, let's talk Dynamo. That's the only way I'm going to be able to move forward. Oh, uh, let's, talk, let's talk Dynamo. Yeah, you know, let's move to a depressing subject, right? Uh, so let's talk results of the hand last, you know, last few matches. Obviously we have, uh, we had that three game win streak. Hey, that's pretty awesome. And we've not done really anything since then. Um, that win streak feels like it was definitely buoyed by the inclusion of Darwin Quintero into the lineup. Um, definitely made a huge impact and a huge difference. Uh, and then the sudden, return uh to form of uh one fafa pico and the sudden out of nowhere uh growth into form of Griff- uh, griffin dorsey um you know kind of curious uh you know are, are, is there anything that you guys have seen in that three three match win streak specifically uh that gives you hope for this team being able to pull out a uh a surprise in the next coming ma- you know couple of matches we have uh obviously the one this weekend and then we'll have the one uh in Austin very soon is the one I'm really keying on uh cuz it's probably the biggest match we have left this season only because I believe we are mathematically excluded from playoffs now thank god in a way uh but uh, <laughs> I am uh, I- I'm just curious you know is there 
Uh, is there anything you guys have seen during that three game ma- uh, three match win streak in the last couple of matches that gives you hope for the rest of the season, or uh, are you kind of like me at now at this point where you're looking to the off season going, how quickly can we get it here? I I can start for if that's okay, but um, um, so there's not much hope really. Um, it's hard to be optimistic about this team. Um, this late in the season, especially after going through the 16-game winless streak, uh, losing all those points, and and just uh, you just watching the team uh, playing playing a game like you you go into a game like understanding like if they win it's because they um they like but they essentially win by the like the most minimum margin possible, and like, I feel like that's that has been like the common trend here, uh, even though they haven't won a lot of games this season. And and yeah, obviously the the road game kryptonite that we have uh, going now, like I'd say six years, I guess. Um, uh, also that um, with like we haven't won a single road game yet, uh, with uh, three road games left in the schedule, and like even though we would have like a game this weekend because of the international mm-hmm. break, um, obviously that gives me a really um, it still doesn't uh, change the fact that um, the results. Incoming results, at least, might be uh, pretty bad. Like at least, like if if we're gonna get a road win this season, I'm hoping Austin, so I can like watch them get a road win here since I live in Austin. So that would be awesome. But oh uh, yeah, uh, I can definitely talk about like the, the specific games too. But yeah, I, I just want to hear what uh, Dynamo Insider has to say about it. If he has like, any thoughts. Yeah. So I mean, these teams they have been pretty well known so far this season because right now i mean we have seattle la those guys those are going to be highly rated teams <clears throat> going into the playoffs and then of course you have austin struggling which they're under us so now it's like who out of out of these two teams will come forward to show that they are the better team this season mm-hmm. what it is what it is we can still savage Possibly. And then after that, we have to go home, face Colorado, and then go all the way back up to Canada to face Montreal. And right now, Montreal, Colorado, those are tough teams who came into the season with doubts. Colorado, they weren't sure which players to keep in their midfield, but they brought in, took out players, and now look at where they're all where they are right now. Montreal, you'll see, okay, they they like came in, they were predicted 12th, 11th at the bottom, but now they're slowly making their way back up. And then, of course, we all know Seattle. Seattle's going to be right up there. MLS favorites, MLS Cup winner favorites. But we just came from a 4-2 road loss against Sporting Kansas City, who are neck-to-neck with them. So right now is just what it is. Can we save what it is? Can we show who should be here next year? Who should be gone next year? So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Uh, you look at the schedule that remains and you, you kind of pointed it out. I thought very well, you know, out of the last, you know, four or five matches that remain in this season, I think I can project that we win one and that's if we can go into Austin and win our first road match of the season. If we don't win that match, I'll be honest. I would not be surprised if we lost out the rest of these matches. 
none of these matches that remain on our schedule are going to be anything short of absolute, you know, drag out bouts against the top teams in the league right now. Uh, SKC, Seattle. Uh, you mentioned LA, not a best team in the league necessarily, but always have the chance to be a very good team on the pitch. Uh, and then, of course, Montreal, who uh, you noted, uh, Insider, you know, a very good team that uh, projected not to be a great team, but have managed to find a way to make it work anyways and have been, you know, doing very well uh, in the league uh, and, in, in, you know, in conference play uh, consistently throughout the season. Um, and then Austin, the lone kind of, opportunity i think that we have to really win a match is austin in austin against austin <laughs> uh and it, it holds it holds a lot of value for us to to go in there and win that match number one they came here and beat us uh number two it's austin and we should always want to go to austin and win regardless of anything else uh and then you know it, it's copa tejas is technically on the line uh, if we go in and we win, and we win in convincing fashion, then uh, FC Dallas's match against Austin holds a lot less value for FC Dallas or Austin at this point. So um, there's definite, definitely a a benefit from us uh, going in and seizing that opportunity against uh, against Austin. But it's not going to be an easy match uh, for sure, and I can guarantee you, Austin fans are going to be out in full force. Uh, I'm sure Andres can attest to that from. Uh, the Austin perspective as it were. Uh, but, uh, you know, I I'm curious about the Austin match, uh, looking ahead to that one. Is there, is there anything that you feel like the dynamo need to focus on exploiting in that match in particular? And side question, uh, are either of you guys a fan of the five man backline? Because I really am not. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I'm, no, I'm not. No, you I keep it at four, please. Like it never works. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and um Yeah, let's go ahead and start with Andres. Go ahead, Andres. Yeah, uh so for the game, um pretty much like the trend has been that um Austin is pretty much unable to win games because of the uh striker position and, and just the forwards in general. Uh they've been like uh like most fairly mo like recently they did manage to like uh fix that like a little bit, but it's been pretty much like a trend. Uh overall the season of, of of since like the very beginning and uh, i feel like that's one of the um the places that animal can start obviously when they came to austin um as uh, the things uh were extremely complicated uh, especially when seren uh gave us the gift of get, getting a straight red card and deservedly so and they just hope this time they get to 11 players on the field and and not 10 you know but that that's obviously though but also, like the midfield, I'd say like midfield for Austin is pretty good, considering that ring is is still is still a valuable asset for them. Like even though like he came in this off season, he was highly regarded. I'd say so myself too. Um, uh, is and defensively speaking, like that's another um uh, side that the Dynamo can uh, take advantage of he heading to Austin and with Fabio Pico coming in. It could be like pretty difficult to contain, and hopefully this time Quintero starts too. Yeah, definitely agree with that, uh, especially the note of uh, how about no red cards uh, in the first 20 minutes of the match and preferably none to the Dynamo at all throughout the 90 minutes. Uh, yeah. But uh, let me pass it over to Insider. Give me your thoughts. Um, well, right now, let me see, Austin. So they have Minnesota at home, 
San Jose on the road, and then they come back home to face us. So they have to fight and come in to that game against us. Do we come with a good momentum or do we come with weak momentum wanting to get that good result against a Texan rival? Um, I would say this game is just going to come down to who has a, a way more coordinated midfield and which defense can make the less mistakes. Um, because right now, defensively, I would say the Dynamo have a better chance. Um, now, as far as the forwards, um, it's just going to come. It's just going to come down to Fafa, uh, Corey, or Maxi, or you know, even better, Griffin Dorsey, who has been in a hot rhythm um, a lot. So, like, he got exposed against you know Sporting Kansas City. Um, but you know, how how is it? Can we be better on the road and say, okay, this is going to be our first road win. Let's do it against Austin. This is the basic end of our season this season. So let's end it off in a strong note. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. Uh, let me ask you guys a question, a pretty pointed question. Uh, if you have the option, are you starting Marco Maric uh, for the rest of the season or are you starting Michael Nelson? Andres. Um, the the clear answer is, is always starting Darwin Serran, you know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm joking. Um, but um, at this point in the season, um, it's gonna be um Michael Nelson. Um, like even if um uh, hopefully like nothing happens to to Nelson, but like f- for the most part, he's been doing a pretty good job. Um, like obviously Marco Marich, I've been pretty critical of him. Um, especially like the the halfway point of the season because like uh, he. Like he he has made like enough mistakes to turn those into goals against us, and and obviously that he can improve on, on that like over time. And obviously that that can be fixed, um, especially after his injury. Uh, so and and I'm just glad he's okay. Um, but like I, I feel like at this time, like the season is pretty much lost, and they just have to uh, start all the young players. And I, I like at least I want Nelson is, is playing, which is good. But I still want to see um, all all the homegrowns, you know. <laughs> insider um i would say michael nelson um of course um you'll have maybe one or two chances we'll see marco in there um of course you know um trying to see if if of course he is still going to be here um next season uh, so far nelson he, he has been showing a of course you know i'm young but i have what it takes yeah, I think uh, personally, I'm kind of in agreement with both of you guys. I think uh, you know, as much as I, I, as much as I respect Marco Maric for coming into the situation he came into, uh, for taking that goalkeeper position uh, and you know, starting position and, and kind of running with it and and uh, you know, being a a solid goalkeeper. Uh, I think if I'm looking, you know, again, if the season is basically a lost season, anyways, just in terms of you're not going to make playoffs, and again, at this point, they're not then, you know, you have to take a look at the long-term picture. And uh, Marco Maric is not the answer at goalkeeper long-term. You don't want to have to spend an international roster slot on a goalkeeper position when you're not getting when you're not getting superstar, all-star level performance out of your goalkeeper. Look, it'd be different if we were getting an all-star performance out of Marco Maric. If he was the best goalkeeper in MLS or a top five goalkeeper in MLS, then yeah, I could... I could agree with spend you know using a roster slot for an international slot on a on a guy, 
uh, for that position. But getting the results that we've been getting, seeing him make the mistakes we've seen him make, I have to say very simply that he is not the guy for this job long term. Uh, international roster slots are much better used on offensive players or central central midfield players. Um, you know, definitely not goalkeepers. And I think that you know, look across the league, the best goalkeepers right now really are not international players. They are players who are from d- domestic uh, opportunities. Um, and there's a handful of those guys. Uh, one, I'm still upset and sad that we lost out on in Joe Willis because you look at what he's doing with Nashville and you think about what could have been if he'd have been able to stick around here and we'd have been able to offer him what he really wanted, uh, you know, and not had to deal with Marco marriage. I, I just think we would have set up for a much better uh, position. Uh, yeah, we'll get to that in a minute, Dinopod. <sighs> Thanks for bringing that up. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, you know, like I said, I think I agree with you guys for sure on the Marco marriage question. I just was curious because everybody has different opinions. Uh, so let's talk standout players. I think insider hint, hinted at uh, Griffin Dorsey being one of those players that has kind of come out of nowhere uh, that nobody really anticipated, I think, having much of an impact on this squad. And now he's a he's kind of locked himself into that starter position over Tyler Pasher. Uh, and then I would say, uh, you know, for me, another potential mm-hmm. standout player that I hyped up tremendously in the offseason, not going to lie, Fafa Pico. Uh, has proved me right. And then a third one who's proved me right, I think at least for part of the season is Maxi Rudy. Uh, with that said, I don't know if there's another player on this roster that uh, I would be like, oh yeah, that guy is absolutely a standout player right now. Uh, let me toss it over to Insider first and then we'll go to you, Andres, last uh, to talk about your standout players on the season so far. Um, I would say basically the same list as players you said. Um, Fafa, Griffin Dorsey, Tyler, um, those guys have, they have shown, okay, um, I came in with doubts, but I did what I had to do. Um, Griffin Dorsey, of course, he came to Toronto. And then, of course, there was questions of Tyler Patcher coming in from the USL. And then, of course, um, how would it be for him to come back into MLS after shining the first time? But... But right now, I mean, first off, Tyler Basher came in for, like, I believe the um, first few games of the season. He was basically um, the whole superstar. After that, of course, he, you know, injured, um, started to go downhill. But, I mean, now um, he, he, like, just has to find his his pace back. Um, Now, speaking of pace, Fafa, um, he has been pretty good. Um, he still needs to, of course, work on his 1v1, how to use his speed offensively um, and defensively. I think he's great. Um, of course, he goes up and down, um, left and right, switching sides with, you know, Pasher, Dorsey, anyone who's playing onto the opposite uh, side of the field. Um, I think both of them, they have been great. Um, and then Dorsey, um, I, I feel he should be more of a winger instead of a right back um i feel like he's still not ready to be a full right back for the team yet um but if he stays around next year i feel like that's something uh dorsey he could work on yeah as for me like i like to say that obviously papa pico is the most notable notable pick out of the bunch especially just coming out of 11 goals and five assists so far and despite our mediocre season um and even though it took him like a little while to just adapt to how the Dynamo play, like he's just been out there just um, 
uh, sweating his uh, behind for his team, you know. And he shows his dedication too, uh, which is what I really like to see on, on the team, especially in the state that it is right now. And, like, obviously Fafa, uh, Dorsey, uh, he, I'm, I'm also somewhat impressed uh, at this point. Like, even though, like, he... Uh, I, I, like, I see him, like, early when he started, like, I liked him better, but, like, obviously that, that can be improved upon, but uh, him and Tyler Pasher, which I feel like he's slightly much better than him, um, but obviously Dorsey um, um, did earn a spot over him, which is pretty, um, which is, I can understand because of his injury, and, yeah, like, those three, I feel like those are the, the players that, that are my standout players for the season so far, and, and yeah, just looking at, um, what can be done with it with the uh, forward core um and also the fact that we could be using that international spot uh that manages holding on someone else maybe like i i feel like it could be something that i'm gonna kind of like fix on for next season uh and like whenever that the new gm comes in so um yeah just a few things to, to think upon um just to start the next season with uh, the roster um of fresh players that have already proven themselves this season yeah, um, another standout player that I don't think I really touched too heavily on would be, I think, Darwin Quintero. And I, I say standout player only from the aspect of uh, we can see how much the offense elevates when he's on the pitch versus when he's not on the pitch. Um, if there is one guy that this offense has to run through, uh, I think overall it, beca- it became Darwin Quintero the moment he took the pitch as a starter. Uh, and he's you know carried on with that, and he's the most creative player uh, offensively for us. Um, and, you know, there are other players on the pitch that, that will slot into a similar position. Memo Rodriguez being one of them that just can't even hold his shoes at this point. I mean, doesn't even come close. Uh, and it's not, you know, it's not a, it's not necessarily to, to downplay memos, you know, overall importance to the team, but, it is to say that he's not good enough. Memo's not good enough. And, uh, you know, Darwin Quintero has been. Uh, you know, Memo, I think it, it's an interesting. So we're, I'm going to shift already right to who's got to go in the offseason. Memo, for me, is probably one of those players that needs to go. And the reason for that is sometimes you need a player to, to a player needs to get a, uh, needs to have a change of scenery, as they call it, a change of teams, a change to, you know, change of tactics, formation, you know, coach system etc uh, i think memo has reached his ceiling and in, in you know in dynamo orange uh and it's time for him to move on and you know for for giving him a a full professional salary and the output we're seeing out of memo you know as much as i like the kid uh the player on the pitch right now is not doing it for me at all um and i feel like he's taking up valuable depth space that we need for you know, someone else that could come in and, and provide at least the same at probably a much reduced salary than what we're paying him right now. Uh, another player that I would put in that position right now is probably Boniat Garcia. Um, you know, obviously age definitely plays a role there, uh, but I think at the same time, it's a player that probably is is ready to move into a player coach position. Um, you know, perhaps you, you can keep him around in that aspect and that regard, but uh for my money, he's definitely a player that takes up a depth, depth roster spot that with our current depth challenges, uh, that's not something I, you know, I'm comfortable spending that kind of, you know, it's not even much money, but I'm not comfortable spending money on a Boniac when I need somebody who's really going to be able to slot into the starting 11 if one of my midfielders is out. 
Um, those are probably my two main players. You know, I mentioned Merritt earlier. I think he'd probably be my third. Uh, and then uh, I hate to say this one because I really like the I really like the guy, but uh, his play on the pitch has been very hit or miss this season, and that's Derek Valentin. Um, again, really like the guy, but uh, what I've seen out of that right back position has not been good enough throughout the entirety you know entire course of the season. And you look at the rest of MLS and the outside backs that are. Um, you know, and wingers that are out there and he's just being torched by not only wingers, but he's being torched by outside backs towards the end of matches. So if the fitness is not there over the course of an entire season, then it's a player that's not ready, you know, ready for this level of MLS play consistently. So, um, uh, Ravi to answer your question, Boney would be a good coach because he understands football, soccer. He's got a good football IQ, good soccer IQ. Uh, he's always been a smart player. He's always, you know, been very intelligent uh, when it comes to football IQ. So, uh, and he's had a chance to learn over under some very good coaches overall. Um, you know, not saying he would be the best, uh, you know, start head coach for the Dynamo or anything like that, but uh, definitely a player that I could see that could be like a player, you know, an opportunity like a Vicente Sanchez was when he, for, you know, when he was here for that half a season or for that full season. Um, just a very heavy veteran player that can come in off the bench and, and create opportunities, um, you know, but at the same time, he's not a Vicente Sanchez and that he's not that level of and, and caliber of creativity and capability uh, on the ball. Uh, but I'm going to toss it over to Andres. Who are your, uh, who's your specifically got to go in the off season? Oh yeah. Uh, Boniak, I have a feeling he's going to retire after this season. So uh, obviously it could be like the first one to go, but well, yeah, we'll, we'll miss him for sure. Uh, as for Memo, I'm I'm quite on the fence about that, honestly. Um, I know it's been pretty tough for him this season, uh, especially with the way he has been playing so far. And and yeah, well, I can I can understand your point as well. So that's why I'm on the fence about it, um, really. And also because of the fact that he's at homegrown and like uh, the Dynamo's homegrowns uh, don't go. Um, we don't have like an abundance of homegrown, so it, it it pains me to say it though. Like it's um, it's um, it's 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 tough for me honestly. But I, I can also understand the fact that a memo may need like uh, maybe like a change of scenery of if like a coach comes in next season, it could be different. Who knows? But um, yeah, like those um, obviously Sarek um, and oh oh uh, uh, before Sarek obviously I had to bring up Sarek because like I he has to go, <laughs> he has to go. He, I think Sergio. I think Sergio just uh, turned off the podcast. I think he just literally cut off and was like, "I'm done." <laughs> yeah, Seren, um He's gonna go. Uh, I, I'm done with him. Uh, he like his best season with Dynamo last year. Um, he had it. Like I really appreciate what he has done. But like this season, he was he's been um, very bad. <laughs> and like he he's getting paid too much money, and he, he's gonna go. Uh, I'm sorry. Like. Um, and as for uh, Sarek, um, I, he's get, he gets torched almost every game, like for sure. And I wonder, like, if he can like be like a choice for like bench at times, like maybe like get like an like an actual fullback that can like match up against like one of the best in MLS, and you know, like maybe use that international spot, you know, uh, to get one maybe. But um, but yeah, um, like Sarek, I also. Uh, Maybe like also like a change of position, maybe like a center back or like something similar. But like yeah, like Sarah's not a like at least a starter. Um, and if I'm forgetting someone, uh, no, I, I don't think no, you so. Are. But like it's not. 
You are somebody I realized I didn't bring up before. He hasn't even played a single minute, I don't think, this season. Oh, yeah, Fue Mayor. Yeah, yeah of course, yeah. My, my buddy. Yeah, and I was going to say, you're uh, your, your country boy. Yeah, um, I, I try to uh, put bias on the side, you know, um, <laughs> but like, like a nationality bias. But, um, sure, sure. But, yeah, like I can understand that for sure. He hasn't been playing at all, and he, like, based on the payroll he's getting, he, he's getting, he's getting paid. And, um, Maybe it's a, it's a thing that he hasn't proven himself, or it's maybe like a tap thing. I'm not sure, but, but I can understand why. So I'm still unsure about that one. Mm-hmm. Um, me, I would say Ari Lasseter. I think that's one you guys missed. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, going forward, I believe he should probably go somewhere else within the MLS um, because, because like just going straight down the wing um, he is very, very predictable what he's going to do. Scissors cut out wide cross, right? So it's nothing really there as if it was, you know, a, you know, Tyler Pasher or, you know, even a Griffin Dorsey. Um, other than Ari Lassiter, I would say possibly Minor Figueroa. Um, of course, age. Um, I would say he could possibly still come off the bench. Um, but I don't think that, you know, would be the case. I would say probably give, you know, a, a, you know, a young center back homegrown and give him a shot. Um, and then of course, Darwin Seren, we, we all know why. Um, Zarek, I would say he, he should stay, but not as a starter. I would say more, you know, that choice. Um, and of course, Boniak, um, I think he should. Um, he should stay within the club, but not as a player. Um, and then I'd say Mattel Bahamic. Um, everyone's been saying, oh, he's a, you know, a young DP, give him minutes. Um, um, I've seen what, what he brings. I've talked to people within the club. Um, most, most of the times they have said that he isn't ready for the MLS level competition. Um, and then, of course, um, I believe he gets paid more than Michael Nelson. And then I believe um, Sam Junko. And he has not seen the field at all this whole season. Um, so I think I, I think I haven't missed anyone, but I think those are my uh, my guys that would have to go besides Memo, of course. Yeah. Yeah, Mateo's an interesting one for me. Uh, you know, a, 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 one of those gifts that uh, Matt Jordan just somehow finds a way to continue giving us, uh, even well after he is now gone and dusted. Uh, a, a player who is taking up a roster slot, player who is taking up a young DP slot, uh, a player who uh, came in with a lot of a lot of hype, air quote. Uh, but I would say a lot of that hype was generated basically by people within the organization trying to market him as a player. Uh, look, our GM failed us miserably. Um, you look at, at, at some of these signings that have come in in the last, you know, the last, I would say, you know, four or five years in particular. Um, yeah, there's been some bright spots, but most of those bright spots have been domestic players or players that have been brought in, you know, from other teams. Um, you know, and, and you look at the players that have been brought up, brought in from outside, you know, domestic uh, international players and, uh, I, you know, even I would go so far as to say even teenage today be a little bit. Look, he's been decent, but there's definitely been moments where I'm like, 
this guy's a starting DP center back. You know, I kind of struggle with it a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, Mateo Bahamich, um, you know, and, and, uh, you know, the whole list of other players that we've all mentioned, uh, at this point, but, uh, you know, uh, yeah, shout out to our grounds crew, uh, man, our groundskeeper has done a hell of a job this season. Uh, and that's in spite of college football having started back up too. Uh, it has looked phenomenal this season. So I think they finally got that issue resolved. Uh, maybe he can take over oh, yeah. as a uh, GM because he clearly knows what he's doing at least. Yeah, when you consider the fact that you have three professional teams playing on that field on a weekly basis, um, uh, the work they're putting on the field is is insane. And also the fact that they got like new salt this season it helps a lot after uh, sticking to the same salt for ten years, which has been uh, taking a toll um, before uh, twenty twenty one. It's been. Um, it's been phenomenal the job, the job. and and yeah, I just wanted to add that um, that on one side I brought up um, Arrow Lasseter, which I completely forgot because I'm completely underwhelmed by Arrow Lasseter. Like I watch him in the Gold Cup, and he's like incredible. Like like we have to make we have to have like some way of tricking Arrow Lasseter that he's playing for Costa Rica because um, I want to see what he puts he puts on the field for Costa Rica. Honestly, can like we get some, the? Uh... Can we get the, uh, what is it, uh, Hispanic or Latino Appreciation Day and just uh, have him dress up in the uh, Dynamo Costa Rican colors for a, a single match against Austin, preferably? <laughs> yeah, uh, honestly. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I like the point about Ariel Astner as well. I forgot that you'd even brought him up. But yeah, Insider, it was a good call out because another player who's taking up a bench slot that uh, frankly could be spent, you know, much better spent uh, than is being spent right now. Uh, and is another player that that frankly is a yeah he's got connections to tab but he's got to be a you know a Matt Jordan uh, signing as well um, but uh, you know it's just it's frustrating I think as a fan because we look at our depth and our depth compared to other teams forget the spend it's not about the spend but our depth compared to other teams even teams that are spending around the same amount of money or you know maybe a million more than us. Their their depth is much better than ours. Um, you know there are plenty of teams in the league that are that are bringing up uh, you know academy players and, and putting them into positions to succeed. Uh, and, and you can point to and say, oh, our academy players aren't MLS ready. But I I look at Palomino and what he's done in USL. I look at Eric McHugh and what he's done in USL. Uh, and these are two players that have been signed to the Dynamo now for for a year, two seasons for McHugh, three seasons I think actually. Uh, and yet here we are and they haven't seen a single starting minute, uh, for the dynamo. Uh, and you know, you want to go spend that money on someone else instead of trying to develop those players and let them grow, uh, in MLS and give them MLS minutes. I mean, you're not getting any better output right now, uh, out of positions that out of uh, players at either of those positions than you would get with either of those players on the pitch. So you're not losing anything by starting them, uh, or at least having them on your bench and on your roster. Uh, uh, with that said, let me ask you about homegrown's insider. I know you try to keep up as much as you can. And Andres, I know you try to try to where you can try to get some info on the homegrown's. Are there any homegrown's potentially that you see coming through the pipeline, uh, or that are out that are out there right now on loan or otherwise that you think have a chance to be impact players next season? Um, I would say Danny Rios, um, and then also Ian Hoffman. Um, of course, we've seen just a tad bit from Ian Hoffman, um, but I think Danny Rios, he should get a spot. Um, 
I would say why not do it this season? Because, you know, of course, we aren't going to make it to the playoffs. Uh, probably give him just, you know, a few minutes in and then just, you know, see what he can do. Um, and so far, I think just um, those two guys. Andres. Yeah, uh, for Dynamo, like, for uh, just to assume uh, that Homegrown is going to play, like, starting next season, uh, obviously, Marcelo Palomino comes to mind immediately. Uh, he He's pretty much played all, almost every game for uh, uh, Charles uh, Independence and, like, already has, like, six goals of his name and a couple of assists as well. And, and like, yeah, like, he's already fa- faced the pros uh, and, like, he's just ready for it. And he has to, like, get those minutes with Dynamo, uh, whoever that coach is, like, either Tab starting next season or not. And obviously, Danny Rios also comes to mind. Um, the fact that he's, like, and, and Juan Casilla, obviously. Like, uh, uh, I don't expect, like, Juan Casilla to, like, play um immediately he's still like very he's like 16 by now and and obviously uh, castilla comes to mind because he, he has been playing for the national team already so he has to i feel like he has to like uh, get some minutes as well at some point soon and and just thinking about like uh, a potential uh player that can like a or a potential academy player that can come up um at some point uh like i always think about like, logan herb he's like one of the um goalkeepers for the on the 23 team and i i still not sure like about the eligibility how, how that works and ha- how whenever he comes up but like he has been playing for uh, the dynamo like uh, uh he's been training for the first team um but and like he's been seeing uh like somewhat of a professional experience already so and i feel like he could come up very soon so just just a player to keep an eye on like and hopefully have like a like an entire bench just full of homegrown animal players. That that'll be cool. But just like goalkeepers, though, that'll be cool. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think you've hit on all the big ones. Uh, um, you know, uh, Dynapod mentions Palomino. This is Palomino's Oliver Skip uh, loan season right now, uh, where uh, Oliver Skip comes back to uh, Tottenham and uh, you know plays a, a pivotal role for them. Um, you know, the, people mentioned the Danny Rios uh, as well. Uh, that obviously was brought up in chat as well as obviously by Insider. Uh, I think that's a kid that that he has all of the talent. It's just a matter of putting it together in a professional setting. And it's another player who, frankly, you have to give minutes to. Uh, the longer you hold him out from minutes, the less uh, development he gets a real opportunity at. Uh, Juan Castilla, he's now 16. Um, you know, he'll be 17 next season. Uh, he's a very small kid, physically small. Uh, and while that can tend to work, you know, in the favor for some players, uh, the way he plays, I don't think, honestly, I don't think he's built to be a professional player long term. Um, he's just going to get physicaled off the ball way too frequently. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's not a knock on him necessarily. It's just size matters uh, in MLS when you have a lot of physical center backs and a lot of physical outside backs and physical DMs for that matter. Uh but uh, all right, well, enough about players. Let's shift topics a little bit. Let's talk my favorite topic of all time, general manager. Obviously, Matt Jordan getting the can earlier this season leaves a huge hole, a gaping hole uh, in general manager. We have obviously uh, the Dynamo are searching for a general manager. Uh, there are a number of candidates out there. Uh, let me ask you guys right up front, right out of the gate, who are your top candidates? I know of two specifically that are mine, uh, but who are your top candidates? Uh, and if you want to 
put a little, you know, if you're trying to sell them to me as a fan, why are they one of your top candidates? We'll start with Insider. Um, so top two, I would say Craig Weibel and Pat Onstead. Um, Pat, um, he has shown um, things he can do with the Columbus crew. Um, of course, he, um, he, he does bring the analyst experience from the business side as well, from player side. Um, and then as far as Craig Weibel, um, I would say um, basically everything going on within the Seattle Sounders uh, because, because they're the whole workforce within this league. And also um, he was just, oh, he was just appointed to them not that long ago, but he's still shown stuff um, he, he can bring with this Houston project. Yeah. Let's toss it over to Andres. Yeah, we definitely all have like the same candidates, but it's 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 pretty much obvious. Like Craig Weibel and Pat Onstad. Uh just say those names. Uh they're in Dynamo history already. Um they've been behind uh MLS Cups with us. And not only for us, but also for other teams. Uh you look at Seattle, uh they're perennial contenders, like for um and like as like like indirect dynasty too. And and just seeing like Craig Weibel succeeding with them and just the fact that they haven't missed uh, playoffs in their existence in MLS. Assess a lot uh, of the dedication. And Craig Wiley just being involved in the organization uh, already knows. Um, uh, he, he's already experienced with that. He already knows how, how to try and get a dynamo in that specific direction. As for Pat Onstad, obviously, um, the goalkeeper that helped, helped us win the first um, MLS Cup was that stop uh, against the New England Revolution. And... and, and like he recently just won it with the Columbus Crew, um, mm-hmm. just, just this past year, and it, it, like even though it, like I want to say the, the Columbus Crew organization like isn't as successful as Seattle is right now, they're still the first uh, franchise in MLS, and Pat Onsta has seen like um, has been behind the scenes behind the organization, and just the fact ha- obviously has I wouldn't uh, not not only behind uh, what ha- what's been going on with. Um, Columbus potentially moving to Austin at some point, but also just like in the soccer specifics, like uh, he's been like in in MLS Cups already. Although he lost it to uh, the uh, Portland right before uh, their uh, MLS Cup win, and he's just been there. Um, those guys, like as players and just like as GMs, they've they've seen it success already, and uh, not bringing either one of them to Houston is just it doesn't make sense to me. It would be a bit of a tragedy. I'm not going to lie, uh, for it to not be one of those two, one of those two players, one of those two guys. Uh, look, they they they've both got tremendous history. Obviously, both coming from the 2006 and 2000 uh, or 2006 championship teams. Uh, Craig Weibel, of course, not only did he uh, ha- has he been involved with Seattle this season, but uh, prior to that, he was part of the uh, RSL organization. Uh, he was um, not part of the uh, Deloy Hansen. Uh, cluster of of uh things that happened there that were uh terrible uh but uh he he you know even with rsl he did a phenomenal job in that uh kind of general manager role uh and i think he's a you know he's an individual who clearly understands mls he clearly understands the business side uh he's got plenty of connections both player wise and otherwise uh and you know and he's proved it and he's a name that people will know Along the same lines, Pat Onstad, you know, you guys already mentioned it. His time with Columbus has been really good. 
Um, not perfect, but really good. Uh, he's proved that he's good enough. Um, and he also understands and has really good ideas about how to improve the youth system uh, and how to improve that pipeline. Uh, and also understands how to, you know, how to target specific internationals to bring them in uh, to be impact players uh, at key positions. Uh, and so either of those guys, absolutely for sure. Now, two names that were brought up uh, in chat by uh, Dynapod would be uh, Bliss, who would come from KC. Uh, and then Senderos, we all remember Philippe Senderos from his time with, of course, Arsenal right now. I'm just kidding. His time with the Dynamo, which led to a U.S. Open Cup. I will say this for Senderos. Uh, he has been applying his trade, so to speak, over in uh, the Swiss League in Division 2, Division 1, Division 2. Uh, and uh, he's doing a decent job over there. I wouldn't say great, but decent job over there. Uh, and uh, could be a guy to consider, but I also, you know, he, he would be one of those players that I would have concerns over his level of understanding of the MLS uh roster rules and regulations that are more or less like reading a legal manual, um, you know, a, a terms and conditions type thing uh, for any software product that you guys may buy. Uh, it's always got that, you know, 15 page thing. That's just tiny text of legal legalese. Um, but uh, the other guy, uh, bliss coming from Casey, uh, highly touted individual really understands the whole youth uh, development side of things. He's one of the major key guys in the SKC pipeline and uh, homegrown and academy system being so strong. Uh, And he's one of the key guys who has helped turn that uh, organization into a transition pipeline for homegrown players to find opportunities with the senior team. Um, And he's probably a guy who's ready for the opportunity. But again, if you're looking at the top guys right now, I think you have to put it Weibel and you have to put it on Stad. And I think in both situations, probably in my opinion, and I've been a pro Weibel guy for a while, but I would have Weibel definitely number one, on Stad number two. Uh, but it's not a huge gap at all uh, by any stretch of the imagination. I'd be perfectly content with either of them. Uh, with that said, let me ask you guys this question. You guys both in the know, you guys are constantly tweeting out information that people don't already know. Have you guys heard any rumors? Um, so yeah, um, so the club they are targeting Weibel, um, but Pat Onstad he has stated that he really wants it. Um, but right now, I believe it's Chris Albright. Um, he was up there with them, but our club couldn't come to terms with them uh, money-wise for a um, contract, and that's when FC Cincinnati uh, came in after that deal. And of course, in which Chris, he had accepted that. Um, now, six week, no, yeah, six weeks ago, um, which was when Matt Jordan got fired, um, John Walker, he had stated that in six to eight weeks, which is from now and two weeks later, um, they are going to be um, a whole lot of tests throughout every single department. But within those tests, it's is going to have to be with the new general manager. But right now, at this moment, um, no one inside or outside knows who is going to be that new general manager. Um, but um, as of right, I am told um, everyone has basically one week chill of of a job left secured. So it's just a matter of time of just waiting to see um, who is going to be announced. 
Andres, I know you said you didn't, but uh, just curious to to clarify, you said you did not, correct? Oh, yeah, I did, no, no information at all, no. <laughs> None that I can share is what I hear. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I've actually heard a lot of the same things that some insiders heard uh, along the same lines, that uh, the top two guys are definitely Weibel Onstad. Uh, that uh, I, I hadn't heard that Albright was high on their radar, but it's not a surprise. Again, another guy who uh, definitely uh, received a lot of accolades and a lot of hype from outside the organization, a guy that I would not have been upset to see, uh, you know, step into the role. Uh, but again, if, if Weibel and Onstead are the top two guys, then it's up to uh, it's up to uh, Ted uh, Siegel to go ahead and put pen to paper, make it happen, spend the money, uh, either of them would be fantastic for this organization. Uh, right now, we are in a position where we just need a different direction, and we cannot start moving in that direction until we get a general manager. Um, at some point, it needs to be somebody. Uh, and again, you know, for my money, the experience-wise, uh, the success-wise, it has to go to Weibel or Onstad. Uh, and I think, you know, honestly, Weibel is just my top guy, uh, but I would be perfectly content with Onstad. Dynapod says he wants to see Bliss and Cinderos. This is number two. Blissically, Bliss statistic, statistically is the most ex- successful. Uh, I mean, it you know defined statistically. I think Weibel's uh, actual record overall in terms of uh, success is actually technically better, um, just overall. Uh, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, he got unfortunately a really sour situation with the Deloitte Hanson stuff from uh, RSL. Uh, but in either case, like I said. Even if Bliss were the one to, to get it, I would be perfectly fine with it because at least I know that uh, uh, our uh, academy system would be spitting out prospects in the next five seasons without a doubt. Uh, and there would definitely be a pipeline available for players to move up to the senior team pretty pretty quickly. Um, with that being said, I have a really serious question to ask, and it's one that I always ask people when I get an opportunity. Are you tab in or are you tab out for 2022? Let's start with Andres. Uh, at this point, it's going to be tab out. Um, I did give him like a lot of, of leeway, I like to say, when it comes to uh, him uh, coming out of the coronavirus pandemic, probably like affecting the, the player market. And, and all those things, but I watch the games, and, like, he just he keeps making mistake over mistake, uh, which um, it, it could be on the players, but, like, at the end of the day, he, he still makes the calls. And just, like, the last game, too, you can just go back to it. Um, the, after getting the second goal scored on, like, he just makes a first substitution for, um, like, to take out Seren and... I believe it was, yeah, like mainly, I, I remember Seren because, like, obviously Seren is Seren. And, but yeah, he makes a, like, the point I was trying to get is just that, like, he, like, he just comes in, into, on the road against Kansas City. And, you, like, after getting the, the second girl's goal along in the 20th minute, he makes those changes. And I'm like, what, what, what were you planning all along? Like, what, were you just wasting substitutions? Like, this is early. And, like, I would just keep putting the game away already. And, like it's been those kinds of things that like over, overall like during the season that yeah, you can see those like not only like substitutions but also like how the dynamo is like, structured and you like that could be you can like somewhat connect that to like the like the slump that we had like with a 16 game winless streak um like obviously you're going to say like players which is okay but at the same time like whatever happens in the games it still taps um uh fault but 
also not not only the players of the double, like also what uh, Matt Jordan left him. So um, it's 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 been pretty tough for me. But like at the end of the day, like I've been pretty much like tab out. But um, I feel like it's gonna come down to what's gonna happen, like uh, closing the season and just like whatever happens to the GM, uh, which should be done. We should we should be getting. I think we should be getting one by before the season ends. Uh, insider thoughts on tab in, tab out. Um, I'd say tab out. Um, so tactically, you don't really see anything from him compared to you know any other coach. Even if it's one who is an intern coach, you don't really see anything different. Um, realistically, his main tactic is just. He's just using wingers, you know, five of up and down, Dorsey or like Thatcher up and down, and that's really it. Um, so um, I feel like his plan is just hand it to them down the wing, cross it inside the box. Who, whoever gets it there, gets it there, and that's really it. I don't see nothing defensively going forward, playing at the back, anything like that. Although that's something Tap stated that he didn't want to do besides strictly I press. Um but I mean there's like really so much more. Um you know a a, a um a uh, good coach can do with this squad. Um but right now I'm a tab out. Yeah I mean I'm 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 with you guys. Look I, you know there there's talk in chat, you know, uh people saying if Bliss is hired then it makes sense for Tab to stay if otherwise tab out. Uh, I, I, even if, even if bliss is hired, uh, I have a hard time thinking that tab sticking around here is going to be, you know, great for anybody. There's nothing that I've seen out of tab this season, tactically speaking, or his approach to players, um, that tells me that this is a guy that can succeed in MLS over the long term or can su- succeed in MLS with the right players. Uh, it's a guy that with a team that, uh, of players that have clearly shown they're good enough. I mean, we, you know, the, the matches we have done well in, we have been strong. I wouldn't say dominant, but we've been strong for the most part. Um, you know, in those matches, it's very clear that, that we can be the better team on the pitch. But somehow, even with that, uh, with the talent that he does have at his disposal, he can't figure out how to make it work. Uh, and I feel like he's gotten lucky when we've won more so than he's gotten it right. Um, and then this five man backline that he continues to push out there for whatever reason, obviously does not work. Uh, and then he has to, as Andres pointed out, he ends up having to make substitutions to change, you know, to revert that change, uh, to try a different formation and a different tactic. And that's just a waste of substitutions. And it's a waste of a period of the match where, realistically you you usually need to get out on a you know on the front foot if you want a chance in a match we're not a team that goes and scores late goals consistently it's not our mo uh we need we need to be out there fast we need to be on the front foot and we need to be scoring the goals right out of the gate uh you know three four goals to even have a chance in most matches but um so uh kenny says for me it's when all the tab defenders blame brenner and jordan for the issues while there is certainly some truth to this they don't really have any achievements to fall back on uh i mean yeah that's that's very true um there's a lot of uh a lot of uh tab in people on social media that like to say well look at what tab was given with you know with the the brenner and jordan tenure and and how bad the players are and the talent level is and you know, give him better players and he's bound to succeed. 
And while, yeah, there is some truth to being able to have better players and, you know, performing better on the pitch, I have to say that even with that, um, I, I'm not seeing enough in the things that he can control. No, he cannot control the talent level of the players he has, but what is he doing with the talent level of the players he has right now? Um, I mean, look, he was brought in because he was supposed to be a coach who would be able to bridge that gap and that and that and that divide between the homegrown players, the academy, and MLS. And we've not seen it. Uh, any player that's been brought in that's a young player has struggled to find their 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 place in this roster. And Tab is a guy who came from the U.S. men's national youth teams. It's not a guy who should struggle with those types of players. He should know how to help those players succeed. And we haven't seen it. And plenty of those players exist out in the wild in the USL, in Palomino, in McHugh. Uh, Griffin Dorsey is not a young player. Uh, I hate to say it, but he's not. Uh, he's a player. He's not a young player necessarily. Um, <laughs> the Dynamo have scored five goals in the last, last half hour of matches all season. Yeah, in the last 30 minutes across... Uh, I think we've done, what, uh, 20-something matches at this point? Maybe more than that. Uh, we've scored a total of five goals in those last in the last 30 minutes of across all matches this season. That's not a good number. Um, and it speaks to... It speaks to one of the struggles of Tab's tactical approach and Tab's formational approach, which is we're going to run and run and run and run and high press and run and run and run some more. And, yeah, sure, that can work in other places, but this is... You know, this is MLS, this is Houston, this is heat and humidity at its hottest and its and its worst. Uh, and when you're constantly running for 90 minutes, you just can't do it. You are going to break down. Your body physically is going to break down. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've seen it. Uh, we've seen it in a number of players that have, have you know, come down with, with, you know, various ailments, muscle strains and things like that throughout the season. And then we've also seen it just in the the lack of mental fortitude going into the last uh, 30 minutes of matches. Uh, it, it's kind of like these players know that they're going to concede a goal at some point in the last 30 minutes. And as time wears on, if they haven't conceded one yet, you know, with 10 minutes left, they start looking like they're getting ready to concede. They're just not mentally uh, strong enough to, to defend the lead um, or even defend the draw as the case may be. Um, but let me get you guys' thoughts uh, on that. Uh, you know, tactically speaking, if you had to change a tactic right now for the Dynamo to try to eke out wins in these last few matches, what are you changing if you're coach uh, specifically? What are you changing? What are you doing uh, to try to to try to change the fortune in the last few last handful of matches? We'll start with uh, Insider on this one, then we'll go, Andres. I would say get more coordinated within the midfield because right now um, I would say that is going to be your like key, um, you know, um, Portland, they have a good midfield. They have a coordinated midfield. Us, we don't really have one besides, you know, Matias Vera, but he's more defensively. Offensively, you just have Darwin Quintero and, um, and he would just put, like, basically put into the squad towards the end of the season. Coming into the season, you thought, oh, um, okay, uh, Joe Corona, Rodriguez, all those guys. But when they've been getting those minutes, a memo, we have not seen anything of that, even Tap stated. I want more of memo. He still hasn't done anything to, um, to like show him, give memo more minutes because he can break out 
and show me what I want to see and really play off the back. Typically, right now, it's just going to be send a long ball forward. You should have Fafa, Maxi, find it, and then just do something off the back. No one really goes off the back besides a goal kick. Other than that, it's just send it off the wings. So that's something I would probably change um, heading into next season. If it's Tab or if it's a new coach, get a better coordinator midfield, get someone who can control that game when we have the ball and we don't have it. Yeah, for me, uh, we could, well, first we can always start by not putting five in the back. That's a good first step. And, <laughs> and yeah, um, with four, obviously, four, like I've been always thinking about like four, three, three. Um, obviously, there's no easy solution to what's been a pretty crappy season, but I've always thinking about like how um, we can start playing from the back, like how it can it can work out potentially, and what we can try to salvage with the forwards we have. Uh, obviously, like uh, in the case of Rudy, um, since we'd have like a, a an actual number nine to replace him, like whenever he's not playing well, uh, that's that's another issue in itself. Um, I've always been thinking either what could be with us just playing uh, with four in the back, or just like adjusting. Uh, well, we have up front with like some some kind of like four four two, but like probably like putting like a striker in like either like either Pasher. I wouldn't like to say Pasher, but like put Pasher like on the wing and just put together either Fafa and probably Dorsey. Or I'm not sure still, but like it's still that a really a really weird season uh, to be honest with you. But um, I've always also been thinking probably like. Uh, I've been seeing like a lot of teenage Aleve are just sending the um, balls forward. Um, like obviously he's been like pretty successful against Austin, uh, but it could all, all only be because of um, how how they've been performing this season. But um, I feel like I think also like think about like teenage Aleve and like how we can probably like move around the midfield. Uh, maybe we can like start playing from the back more, or just like adjust to have like more midfielders compared to forwards, since the number nine is clearly not working. Maybe we can start like uh, try opening up the passing channels from there, uh, since we're gonna have like more midfielders to like play around with. But obviously, no, uh, with no one, uh, no more players to finish the ball with. But just to have like more midfielders to like see where we can p- put like the ball like around the, around the opposing box. As to see if we can like be able to finish it somehow, but yeah, like there's no easy answer to that to how we can salvage something tactically. But but then again, I'm not a head coach, so um, I'm, it's not your job. That's some of the things. So some of the things I can think of, honestly, from what I've seen so far. Yeah, I think those are good callouts. You know, I look at it and uh, I'm a fan of the four-two-two-two formation with uh, two defensive mids and you know two wide uh, midfielders. Then you have basically a striker and a shadow striker is what I look at. And uh, your shadow, your striker would obviously be a Rudy or Corey Baird. And then your shadow striker would be Darwin Quintero. Or if a Rudy's starting, you could always have Corey Baird in that position as well. Uh, the reason why shadow striker to me makes more sense than just a straight up uh, two striker combination is Rudy's really good at pushing that line forward, pushing against that uh, back line, pushing against the center backs and pushing them up the pitch. And that creates space for a shadow striker. And you think about a Darwin Quintero in a shadow striker role. If you can get him the ball quickly on the on the counter uh, and you have a Rudy on that line, how many times have we seen uh, Darwin Quintero be able to slot a pass through or slot a ball over the top of the defender and then a Rudy being able to catch it or turn on it 
uh, and then hit a quick shot at goal. Uh, just things like that, little things like that, uh, you know, shifting to a four-man back line, just like you said, Andres. Uh, clearly, my biggest thing is shifting to a four-man back line other than that. Uh, but also keeping two defensive mids. I do think there is value in that, especially when you have guys like Vera and Jones uh, and even Boniak, who could play that D-mid position as a, a substitute. Um, Darwin Seren, you noted, probably not not for that position anymore, but, uh, you know, that kind of is what it is. Um, and then your two wide midfielder positions, I think that's got to be, a you know, Fafa Pico, your Griffin Dorsey, your Tyler Pasher, uh, you know, and, and all three of these guys, you think about it, they're guys who don't mind tracking back on defense, too. Um, so you can kind of have them, you know, floating in that midfield position out wide. And, you know, when one of the guys goes forward, leave the other guy back a little bit so they can help those defensive mids and those, uh, you know, the central mids. Uh, be able to play in that position. A guy that I forgot at central mid and defensive mid would be Joe Corona. Perfect guy to play that pivot ball long uh, to be able to, uh, after the counterattack's been killed by a guy like, I don't know, Matthias Vera, you feed it out to Joe Corona, let him pivot that ball forward to Darwin Quintero, let Darwin Quintero slot it into either a, a wide midfielder making the run or Max Rudy pushing the defense and then see what happens. But uh, agreed with you guys overall. Um, I think it's unfortunate that uh, we're in the position we're in uh, as a team. Uh, but there's definite improvements to be made. Speaking along that lines, we know we're going to end up with a new GM, probably, possibly a new coach. What are your expectations for a new GM coming in? It, let's say that it's a Weibel or an Onstad. Let's just go with what we expect is likely going to happen. If it's one of those two guys, what are your expectations for those guys coming in? Who do you expect them? What positions do you expect them to target to upgrade all of them is not a good answer. I need a definitive answer. Uh, and then uh, other than player personnel, is there anything else in terms of expectations that you have? Uh, Dynapod says playoffs in the chat, and I can't argue with that either. Uh, we'll start this one with Andres, and then we'll jump to Insider. Yeah, I feel like the pressure should uh, fall on Tetsi Gold. Like he has been... Uh, well spoken spoken when it comes to uh, what he wants to do with the team and how he wants to spend um, his resources and well I definitely appreciate that but obviously it comes down to action and whenever uh, we get the new GM hopefully either Craig Weibel or Pat um, I feel like there's a lot of lot of things we can improve on but obviously like the the one that can be easily filled and you can like put put like a big impression on is bringing a number nine for example like. Obviously, you have, like, no number nines other than Papa Pico, like, or, no, no, Papa Pico, but, like, uh, Rudy, that's what I meant to say. And, like, Rudy's not doing pretty good, like, at all. And, like, you're, you're springing, like, a striker um, that that has, like, that can leave, like, a big impression on the league it will be, like, a pretty good first step. And, and yeah, like, from there, another position that I, I, will, I will be able to... Um, Will, to improve upon, obviously midfield. Like if you want to bring someone creative, or like just want to figure out what we're gonna do with Quintero, or or what we're gonna like adjust on in the midfield. Like obviously, like a creative midfielder would be like like a pretty good second choice. And from there, obviously, like all of them, it's an easy answer. But I feel like it's it's pretty appropriate when it comes to this team. Like it's gonna come down to the players we end up uploading um, during like the season, whoever we. We don't pick up their option or or we leave unprotected for like expansion draft or whatever. But um, it's um it, it's a lot. But I feel like like either as a striker or a creative midfielder would be like pretty easy choices. 
insider? Uh, um, I would say bring in more left-footed players. Um, that is something we have been lacking. Um, so right now, I believe it's just um, Lasseter, Junko, and Adam Lundqvist. I believe those are lefties, besides Adam Patcher, of course. Um, bring in someone who can help Darwin Quintero if he's still going to be here. Um, whether it's from the midfield or from the striker position, um, probably someone like an Edward Cuesta, Latif Blessing, someone who can help get the ball to him and someone who can cover for him in case, of course, something happens up front. Um, and then, of course, um, as far as the expectations, um, I would say, of course, you you have to make the playoffs after making them for so long um and then of course um try to reunite those fans who are wounded who still think okay just because we have got this new owner we we still aren't going anywhere so prove a point not only to the fans but prove a point to the whole league that hey we're the we're the houston dynamo we won two mls cubs we're gonna do it again this is basically a brand new face a brand new logo Let's go for it. Yeah, I think uh, I think I agree with you guys uh, for the most part. Uh, you know, there's definitely key key things that a GM coming in needs to be able to do. Uh, and the first is is definitely tied to the starting eleven. Um, we need to see some upgrades in the starting eleven and in you know specific positions. And I think GK is kind of my you know my key position right now, goalkeeper. Uh, and then obviously the uh, outside backs and the center back in front of them, center backs in front of uh, them uh, need to be better quality. I'm not saying that necessarily you have to shift out the entire back line, but I am saying that the players that are currently there in the situation they're in is not, uh, it's not doing enough. It's not good enough. Uh, with that said, something I want to see out of a new GM very quickly is helping to bridge that pipeline, bridge that gap between the academy and the senior team. Um, whether that's just bringing Palomino up, ending that loan, uh, or just letting the loan expire, as it were, uh, and just having him ready to roll in, in the pre, you know, come preseason time. Uh, and same thing with Eric McHugh. You know, even if they're not going to be starters, at least have them in a position to be able to earn the minutes. Um, I think other than that, uh, you know, looking at things in general, I, I would really like to see some staff improvements. And I'm not just talking necessarily coaching staff. Uh, but I do feel like our physio staff has not been good enough. Um, you know, you look at some of the injuries that have taken place and, and you look at the, the tactical, especially with the tactical approach we've had this season. Uh, and it's clear it's just not been good enough. It's clear that these guys were not ready for a full 90 out of the gate. Um, look, it took Darwin Quintero how long to get into match fitness, whether you want to blame that on COVID or otherwise. Um, you know, a, a good physio team is able to overcome those things and a good physio team is able to make those things go away. Um, outside of those things, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I would specifically target. Um, you know, maybe perhaps having somebody like a data scientist on, on staff that, is, you know, someone who's a data analyst, that's able to really break down, uh, you know, key information, uh, you know, match over match. Uh, and the one thing I feel like we haven't been good at doing is preparing for other teams. And yeah, that should fall to the assistant coaches, but I do think that there could be a position there as well um, for somebody with uh, some data analytics background to come in, sports analytics background to come in and be able to prepare our 
um, you know, prepare our staff and prepare our players for, you know, the trends and what they've, you know, what, what they're seeing in the numbers and the statistics that point to how specific teams play and how specific teams will try to exploit certain things. Um, if you can break down other teams' strengths and weaknesses, you can look to exploit the weaknesses and you can look at, to mitigate the strengths. Uh, and I don't feel like we've done that at all this season. We've just kind of, we've kind of just been floating through the, <laughs> the season, so to speak. Um, with that said, though, guys, uh, first of all, thank you guys for joining me. Second of all, here's your opportunity, Insider and Andres, to share your socials, share your shows, tell us about yourselves as much as you want. Uh, the floor is yours. We will start with Dynamo Insider. All right. Yeah, um, of course, um, you guys can follow me on Instagram. It's dynamo.insider. And on Twitter, it's just the Dynamo Insider altogether. And then, of course, um, you could follow our network of Area Sports Net on Twitter and Area Sports Network on Instagram. That would be all. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Andres? Yeah, I'm mostly on Twitter. Uh, you might see, see me active doing either um, Dynamo or Dash things. But uh, my handle is Dynamic Foxtrot. It's also the same for uh, Instagram. And... And we also have like a, a podcast called Noodle Time. Uh, it's a reference to uh, Better Times with a Dynamo, and uh, I, I cover I do cover Dynamo and Dash with Tony. Uh, we try to do it on a weekly basis whenever we're available, but we just love doing it. So, um, but yeah, we have we usually have it done at least like almost a couple of weeks, hopefully. But yeah, um, we have it over there like at Spotify, Apple Apple Music, out uh, yeah, oh, it, uh, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Uh, Google Podcast. We have like a lot of platforms, but yeah, you can like just um, either just go to my handle. I do have my link to to my Kofi page, uh, which is also the page that I use to connect um, all the episodes together, along with some blog posts whenever I get a chance to write, and also like a place to support me uh, if if you guys are able to. But yeah, um, that's gonna be kofi.com/slash/dynamicfoxtrot. Uh, that's ko-fi.com/slash/dynamicfoxtrot, like my Twitter handle. Fantastic. Insider, did you have something else you wanted to throw out there? I saw you unmute. Oh, no. That was it. Okay, cool. Uh, guys, as a reminder, if you are tuned into the show, of course, make sure you hit the follow button if you have not already. And if you can, the subscribe button here on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Generation Orange. We do appreciate it. If you're also listening in via perhaps anchor.fm slash Gen Orange, or perhaps you're not listening in and you've tuned in live, thank you, first of all, for joining us. Secondly, just know anchor.fm slash Gen Orange is where you can always catch our post-episode audio-only versions of the show. Great to listen to on your drive, to work, from work, anywhere else, perhaps to a Dynamo match, away from a Dynamo match. Uh, especially when we have a venting episode, by the way, those are the best to listen to on the way home after a match. Because, man, you just feel like you're right there venting along with us. It's great. Uh, with that, guys, with that being said... I don't know about you, but me personally, I am 100% ready for this GM to be announced, whomever it's going to end up being, whether it's Weibel, Onstad, or somebody we don't know yet. Uh, I'm definitely ready for them to be announced. I'm ready for them to take over. I'm ready to start seeing their fingerprints on this organization, and I'm ready to see the organization start taking that next step and finally moving in a specific direction, building a specific identity, and moving forward, because I am done with the Matt Jordan era uh, it has been cut from my memory. Okay, it's been cut from my, you know, it's been cut. 
and I am definitely ready for the off season. Obviously, there's a lot of players we need to figure out what to do with, but uh, that'll come in time. But with that said, until then, guys, we'll just keep on holding it down. If you're enjoying the show and find yourself wanting to discuss with us during the week, hit us up on Twitter. At Gen Orange Radio, we try to tweet a few times per day or at least respond to tweets that mention us. You can also follow at Chase Agovia, Mark's Twitter, for the greatest hot takes. And of course, follow me at Sean Ringrose, even though I may be wrong about roughly 25% of the time. Thanks for listening, and as always, enjoy the rest of the show. Well, guys, that is it for this week's audio-only podcast episode, which has been uploaded to Anchor.fm. Special thanks to our producer and streamer boy, Nestor Luna, for helping take care of the technical details each week for our show. We look forward to talking with you again real soon. Hold it down, Houston.